again, what I'm going to do this week, um, it almost is, is two, two different messages, but uh, I want to um, undergird this with teaching a little bit, and then, uh, then I've got an actual more of a, a sermon, if you will, to go, to go along with it. But, um, you know, we've been looking at the different motifs uh, of, of Jesus, a picture of Jesus in the Old Testament. We looked at that Jesus is the Son of Man, right? That he, is, um, he was born actually as a man, a, a human being, right? He had, he had flesh and blood. Um, as, I, as I mentioned, it, it's amazing that the infinite God has a birthday. You know? Um, it, it's it's un, incredible that Jesus left everything and became like one of us. Uh, he also, the uh, son of Abraham, that he is the seed to come into the world, that all of the blessings of all of the Old Testament are upon that seed. He is the seed of Abraham, the promised child, the one that um, you know, Abraham's son was going to be uh, sacrificed until God said, no, I'm going to provide the lamb, right? We saw that Jesus is that lamb, and they just read that passage. Um, Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, right? It wasn't the ram that Abraham sacrificed. It was the lamb that God sent, right? So the next thing we're going to look at is one that's probably not as common it commonly known but when you start seeing it you will see it everywhere okay and it's the prophet like moses um, i'm going to show you where this comes from and then i'll show you a couple of new testament passages and actually we read we read it the girls read a couple of those this morning uh, if you would flip over to deuteronomy De- deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter number 18 Everybody, Deuteronomy, um, what does, everybody know what Deuteronomy means? Boring <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sit down with that one. <laughs> um, so Deutero is, is um, you know, second, um, and then Namas is, uh, is law. So it's the second, uh, this is where Moses is um, re- Moses is about to be taken home, right? God's about to have him call, up, call up Moses up on the mountain and uh, say, okay, Moses, die on the mountain, and uh, we're going to let Joshua take over. So Moses is going through the law again, second time, with the people and reaffirming that. Now, in, in Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, um, it says, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you. This is God speaking. I'm going to raise up a prophet uh, from their countrymen like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Okay? That is the, the prophecy of the prophet like Moses. Um, flip, flip over to, to John. Okay, we, uh, the girls just read this. But, by the way, um, I, I thought it was appropriate. I said, you know, I think it's appropriate for, for a curia to light, it, light the candle on her birthday. And one of the girls said, is she going to blow it out? <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. That's later. Um, okay, go to the Gospel of John. 
um, in verse 19, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and said, uh, and did, did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you? What? What's the next? Oh, I didn't? I'm sorry. John 1. John 1. I'm sorry. Come on, guys. Don't you have this memorized? <laughs> supposed to hide the word in your heart. <laughs> I'm kidding you. All right. John 1. Let's try this again. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent him, verse 19, uh, sent him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. What prophet are they talking about? Are, are you the prophet that Moses mentioned? That he, Moses, Moses prophesied? Are you that prophet? And John said, no, I'm not. Uh, flip over one more, one more passage. Flip over to uh, John 6. John 6. Just a few pages over. This is John's recounting of the, um, the feeding of the 5,000. So he feeds the 5,000. He tells the disciples to go and to gather up the, all the basket fill, baskets of, of leftovers. And in verse 14, 14 it says, Therefore when the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Which, which, which prophet again? The one, the one like Moses. The one who would they he, he Moses fed of course it was God but through Moses people were fed in the wilderness they did not have you know food and water but God provided the manna God provided the water uh, God provided um, quail right um, so uh, the one who provided and all of a sudden they look and, and Jesus has come and he's he's given out the the fish and the bread and and um, all of it, all, they're like, oh, this must be that prophet. Um, of course, uh, verse 15 says, So Jesus, receiving that they were intending to come and to, to, ta to take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. So who, let's, let's, talk, let's talk a second about Moses. Who, who was Moses? If we're going to understand Jesus as Someone who is like Moses, right? So we're, we're talking about Jesus is somebody who performs very similar tasks, who who looks like uh, Moses. Who was who was Moses? Who was Moses? Deliverer. Deliverer. Good word. Thank you. So remember the the people of Israel were in Egypt, and what what was their 
what was their status, their, their civil or their, their human? Thank you. They were slaves in Egypt, right? They, they, weren't, they weren't free people. They, weren't, they were slaves in Egypt. And, he, and Moses, remember Moses grew up in the palace, but then uh, ran for his life. And God, God came and met him and said, Moses, I want you to go and deliver my people. He remembered the covenant that he had with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And said, I want you to go and deliver my people. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, God said, let my people go. Right? And then with a great and mighty hand, we saw this actually with Abraham too, didn't we? God sends plagues, miracles, signs and wonders, right, to bring the people out of their situation of slavery, right, to release them from slavery to be God's people in his promise. His, his promised land ultimately is where they needed to go, right? But the whole idea, and this is what we need to remember, it, it wasn't just to, to liberate them, it was to you, you were right now. They, they were in in um, Pharaoh's uh, serv- service, right? So they, God wanted to bring them out of Pharaoh's service and bring them into God's service. You have a cruel taskmaster in Pharaoh, one who is is mistreating you, making demands of you. I want to bring you into. Uh, my service where I am a benevolent loving God you still have to serve me you're going to be a you're going to be a servant of Pharaoh or you're going to be a servant of God that's that's there's that's only two choices look I want to show you um, look at look at this real quickly I don't know if you, you've seen this or not. Go to go to Luke chapter nine. This is what this is exactly what we're talking about. Luke, yep, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number nine. This is the is a passage most people know. It's the Transfiguration, right? Jesus goes up onto a mountain. By the way, where, where, did, where did Moses encounter God? On the mountain, right? He goes up on the mountain. While he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. His clothing became white and gleaming. Behold, this is verse 30, uh, Luke 9, verse 30. Uh, Behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, who, appearing in glory, were speaking of, speaking of his what? Departure? Anybody else have something different? Where are my Greek students? Are Greek students here? What, what is, do you know what that is in the Greek? Exodus. Exodus. They were speaking. You got Moses here talking to Jesus about his Exodus. What Exodus is that? Jesus came to take us out of the situation where we were enslaved to sin, 
a cruel taskmaster. Right? And Moses, remember, how, how, did, how did they get released? It was, it was signs and wonders and miracles. And ultimately, Moses says, look, the last one is coming, the last plague. And how are you going to get out of this last plague? I want you to take this lamb, slaughter the lamb, put the blood on the doorpost. So what is Jesus? Jesus is the, the one who goes in and with signs and wonders delivers people. And he himself is the lamb that gets slain so that we are released from the taskmaster of sin that we serve unwillingly, right? We are a slave to sin so that we can be released from that to serve God willingly. Either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. That's the only two options you've got. I'd rather be a slave to my Lord, who is a benevolent Lord and loving Father. So you've got this whole idea of Moses going in and he is the mediator, right? He, he mediates, number one, he mediates with Pharaoh, right? But then he takes them out into the wilderness and he mediates the covenant between the people and God, right? He goes up to the mountain. He's up in the, he's up, the people are down here. God says, don't let him go up to the mountain. He goes up to the mountain, right? God speaks to him. The people, in fact, say, don't let him speak to us. We'll all die. You go speak to him. We don't care if you die. You go speak to him, <laughs> right? You go talk to him for us. Then you tell, you tell us what he said. So he goes up on the mountain, comes back down. This is what God said, right? Everybody, and we'll get into that story later if, if we have time. But if you, when you start seeing this, Jesus is the prophet like Moses. He is the mediator of the, of the new covenant. He is the one that instead of just saying you're going to have to have a lamb, he becomes the lamb that's sacrificed. You know, I was, I was meditating on this. Um, think about why, did, why, did, why does Jesus come and start doing signs and wonders, miracles, healing people? I, I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one, because he is, he is, he's delivering them out of the, the sin and death. He is, he is saying that curse of sin and death, I am here to break. And so I'm going to deliver you out of that. But it's because he's the prophet like Moses. How did Moses? Moses went in and performed you know, signs and wonders. There, there were plagues. There was, you know, the, the sun became dark and there was, the, right? It was, it was signs and wonders. There's a God on the scene. So what happens with Jesus? Jesus comes in. There's a God on the scene. How, why? Because he's going to be the deliverer to bring us out of sin and death and bring us into life. The prophet, like Moses, let me get, let me get into this. Um, oh, let me say let me say one other thing, um, because uh, the when when the people came out of Egypt, right? They they come out and uh, then Moses gets all the commands from God and they start putting them into a structure 
and an order. Remember this? Um, they, in fact, they have them camp around in a certain way around the ark. You know, they put the, the tabernacle in the middle, and then they've got, you know, different tribes, and they've got the different standards for each tribe, right? So they, they become an ordered people. It, in, it is called the congregation of Moses in the wilderness, right? That word in the Greek, okay, now, I, I, I know that Old Testament was written in Hebrew. It was translated into the Greek, right, and, and Septuagint. That word in, in the Greek is ekklesia. So the whole idea of church coming in the New Testament it's an Old Testament concept from Moses. So when Jesus comes along and he's asking uh, and telling Peter, right, after he told Peter, you know, um, uh, I, you know uh, Peter, he's asked, who, who does I say I, I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, upon you I will build my church. Not the church. Not a church. I will build my church. Why? Because there was a church. There was a congregation. There was a congregation of Moses. And Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? So the whole idea of whole concept of church and church structure and order is all a prophet like Moses concept. Okay? Flip over. I'm, I'm glad you guys know the um, the Old Testament stories. Um, flip over to the last chapter of Joshua. Joshua. Joshua is a Christ figure in the Old Testament. For one thing, um, his name speaks of it. Everybody knows. Yeshua, right? Joshua is the same name as Jesus. Okay? Remember, Joshua is Moses' um, uh, his, his apprentice, if you will. He, he, uh, he, he, he's with Moses you know, pretty much everywhere after they, after they come out of the, um, uh, the... After the people come out of Egypt, you'll find Joshua. He's, at the, he's waiting in the... In the tabernacle, the tent, of, the, the tent of presence there. He's going with Moses up onto the mountain. Uh, and then when in Deuteronomy, when Moses is, it's time for Moses to go, Joshua is the one who's going to lead them and take them into the promised land. Right? So this whole, the whole idea of Jesus bringing us into the land of promise is a prophet like Moses concept. Okay? He's the one who leads us across the uh, um, across the Jordan, right? Moses couldn't go because um, God, I think, really is Moses sinned, but I think more than anything it was because they needed a Joshua to take them in, right? There had to be, be a break. There was a break. Moses could not bring everybody into the promise. The law never would get you there, okay? It had to be the Son of God to get us into, into the promise. could never happen with the law. Um, so remember, Joshua brings the, brings the people in. And uh, this is right at the end of Joshua's life. And um, it says this. 
In verse, look at verse 31. 31 real quick. Israel, ser Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua and had known all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua and had known all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. God has brought you out of the... Um, out of sin and death, right? He saved you for a purpose. God, God brought the people out of Israel under Moses, right? And that purpose was for them to eventually get into the promised land. Right? God wanted them to continue in his, his teaching. He wanted him to, them to continue in his presence. He wanted them to continue doing the things that they were supposed to do. God has saved us for a purpose. And he's brought us through trials and tribulations and all the different things that go on in our lives for a purpose. Oftentimes we, we look at the things that we have, have gone on in our lives and, and maybe that is, uh, you know, a lot of people, some people have a testimony where they were into all kinds of sin. They were addicted and they were uh, this, that, and the other. And, and some, of the, some, some of the stuff, um, they, they, don't, they, they can't tell people. They don't want to tell people. They, they, were, they were really, really, really bad and God brought them out. Some people, you know, it's just that we, we've had difficult things happen, happen in life. Sometimes it's addiction or sometimes it's, it's more private sin, that, you know, like anger or bitterness or, or uh, maybe it's just the faith struggles where God has said, I want you to believe for this and, and you, you're not getting into any sin, but there's, there's a struggle to, to believe and there's a struggle to get through and there's a struggle to get into the promise. But all of us have this walk of life that um, things sometimes get hard. They get difficult. But God has, has saved us for a purpose. And that purpose is ultimately so that the next generation beyond will carry on where we leave off. See that? It's so the next generation will go on where we leave off. But how is it that God wants to use us for that to happen? It happened here. Joshua takes them into the promised land, and, and the elders were, were more than likely, it doesn't say exactly who they are, but these, these guys are, are more newbies, right? They were in the wilderness, but they were, they were ones that grew up. You know, all the ones who were 40 and, and up all died, except for Joshua and Caleb. So Joshua is, is older than everybody else, but these guys that were the elders, they still knew the wilderness, they grew up in the wilderness. They grew up in, the, in seeing, you know, the pillar, of the pillar of fire in the cloud. They grew up with the manna. They grew up um, with the, the striking of the rock. They grew up not having water sometimes and, and trying to figure out and going around the mountain again. Right? They, grew, they grew up with all this. They saw, they saw the Jordan parted. 
right? These guys knew what all of this was like. They knew the signs and wonders of, of God. And so they, all the years that they were alive, all the years that Joshua was alive, the people followed after the Lord. Flip over just a couple pages to Joshua chapter 2. I'm sorry, Judges chapter 2. Not Joshua, Judges. Um, Judges 2, 6. When Joshua dismissed the people, the sons of Israel, went each to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord. All the, this, is, this is basically the same verse. People served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance in uh, Timnath Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. So how is it that we use the things that that God has done in our lives, whether those are bad things that he's delivered us from or just the constant faith struggles that we have to go through. How, do, how does God use those in order that the next generation beyond us, that won't be said of them, that the next generation knows the Lord? Number one, um, we, we, we recount our experiences if you look, um, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but if you look in, in Joshua, uh, go back, flip a couple pages more back, back to Joshua 24. Okay, this is, um, Joshua recounts the, um, recounts Israel's history. Okay? Um, he, re- he, he goes back even further than, than Egypt, but um, he talks about them take, coming out of Egypt and uh, some of the different things that happens to them in the land. We have to recount our own history for people to follow after us. We need to, and and not just our human history, but we're talking about salvation history. need to wear it like a badge. This is what I'm meaning. A lot of times what we want to do is take some of the things that God has done in our lives and, and keep those private and hold them close. And I, I, I granted, there are, there are things you're not, you shouldn't tell everybody, and I, I get that, okay? I'm not saying everybody needs to wear everything out in front all the time, all right? But we need to be able to take those things that God has done in our lives, and we need to put them out there so, and, and put them out there so that we can say, look, this is what God has done, and he can do the same for you, right? There's a lot of people that have that, that testimony that they can say, look, I was, I, I was into crime, I was an addict, I was um, a terrible person, I was angry, I was bitter, I was, I was awful, and then when Jesus came into my life, all of that ended, and I am a different person. And I know people like that. Some people, they, you don't have that testimony. I, I don't have that testimony as much. And that's okay. All right? 
But I can tell you, I, I've, I've got in my own testimony. We, there have been struggles. There have been trials. There have been times when God is, has uh, said, I'm going to do this for you, and it takes forever and ever and ever. And right at the last minute, and some you guys have been here when we were like, we don't know where we're going to live, right? And God said, it, I mean, it's, it's within like a couple of weeks or even a few days, and all of a sudden God opens a door, and I can, I can come to you and say, look, this is what God has done. This is what God has done for us. This is our salvation history. I, I, I love what, what, what Tim is doing. He, he's, he's taken a lot of his life and he's, he's putting it out there. He said, look, I, I, this, is where I've, this is where I've been. But God has changed things. I am no longer this, but now I am this. Which, which by the way, you know, um, that's where... Um, that's where we differ from like your AA or your NA, your Alcoholics Anonymous or your uh, Narcotics Anonymous. And I, this is not a knock on them. They, they do a great work. They do a great service. Praise God for what they do. But, you know, as uh, one of the first things that they, they will have you do is to recognize that you're an addict, Right? And that's good. We need, we need to realize that when we're, we're, when we're in sin, that we are a sinner. But you will find people who have been in AA or NA for 30 years, and, and they, will, they will still tell you, I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. Really, how, how long have you been sober? 30 years. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're pursuing. But you know what? Jesus came to set you free from this and to bring you from, from, the, from the sin, uh, uh, from uh, service to sin and death and came to bring you into the service of his kingdom to make you a whole new creature. You are no longer this. You are this. You are no longer a slave. You are a, a, in service to the king new identity. You are no longer identified with the flesh. You're identified after the spirit. You're no longer identified as, as a sinner going to hell, right? You're identified as a saint going to heaven. Okay, so our, our testimony, though, is what is going to, we can use in order to, to bring the next generation to say, look, I was this. Or then God made me into this. I went through struggles, but God saw me through. I was a sinner. Now I'm not. I was, you know, God, God took me through all kinds of trials and tribulations. But you know what? I stand here today. It didn't kill me. It made me stronger. So take those things and how you however you can use those be ready to use them don't hide them under you know, a bushel don't, don't hide them right and say we, yeah I, 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 used, I used to be X, Y, and Z that's true be ready to put those out there because what it does is it gives glory to God to be able to say I was but now I am God brought me through this into this. 
And that's what, that's what Joshua does. He recounts what, what God has done for the people. So we have to remember where we have been and where God has taken us. Num- number two, uh, Joshua 24, 14 through 15. Um, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. Excuse me. Jesus puts, us like, puts it like this. Take up your cross daily. Paul says, I die daily. Make the choice daily. How, how are we going to, to um, affect the next generation? How is it that when, when our generation goes, the next generation is not going to come up and say, it's a generation that doesn't know God. We have to make the choice daily that we're going to serve the Lord. Okay, it's a, it's a daily struggle. The, the, when you look at the, the people of Israel, um, for them it was, are you going to choose the God or are you going to choose other gods? Right? And, and uh, Joshua mentioned that. Uh, are you going to serve the gods that you did beyond the, the, beyond the river? Are you going to take the gods that, the, of this land that we're going into? Are you going to serve the gods of the Hittites, the Amorites? Are you going to serve Baal? Are you going to serve Asherah? Or are you going to serve the one and only God? And we ourselves have to do the exact same thing. We are, we're not, I'm, I don't worry about anybody in here going, Oh, I might serve Hercules or Zeus today. If you ever have that thought, come and see me right away. <laughs> okay? But I don't, I don't worry about that. But what I do think, you know, we, we have other things that come along and that pull our attention and pull our attention to be to more than God. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve money? Right? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the Internet? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve government? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve friends and family and people that say you have to do something differently? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve time? Meaning, you know, is time going to be your God? That you, that you always have to be doing X, Y, and Z and you never have enough time for God? Are you going to serve structure and structure can be really, really good, but structure can get in the way of your service to God. So can liberality, right? And God, God wants you to be, he, he doesn't want you to serve structure, nor does he want you to have no structure at all. Because, you know, that, that's what, you're like, oh, I can do whatever I want to because God's, no, 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 right? He, he said, look, I've delivered you out of sin and death and set you free so that you can be in service to me. We have to choose 
daily to serve the Lord, which means it's a struggle. It's not going to be easy. But what's going to happen is, is when, when we can make that choice daily to serve after the Lord, we can pass that along down to the next generation. You know, Paul says it, says it like this. He, he, says, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Our generation is more like, do as I say, not as I do. Anybody heard that? Anybody use that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> right? Do as I say, not as I do. Well, what does Paul say? No, do as I do. Can you say that? And look, this is what we need to be doing with, with, with um, I, I've, I've talked about uh, you know, father-son, mother-daughter relationships. This is what we need to be able to be doing with those relationships. Here, come follow me. Do, do what I do. They, they need to be able to look at us and say, what is your, what is your prayer routine? Well, let me show you. What's your Bible reading? Let me, let me show you what I do. How do you pray? Let me show you how to pray. How do you cast out a demon? Let me show you. How do you pray for the sick? Okay, I'll, I'll show you. Do, do as I do, not just as I say. That can only come with choosing daily. Daily choosing to take up your cross and following him. Not just on Sundays, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but every day going through. Lastly, and really we've, we've talked about this a lot, but we, we have to pass it on. And um, you know, Steve even mentioned that when he said, Go tell it on the mountain. Have to pass it on. And when you look at back to um, to judges, um, this that generation did not pass it to the next generation. Said so then there came a generation that did not know what God had done. We have to be committed to passing it down. Have to be committed to be to passing it on. We cannot keep our mouths shut. We have to open them up and pass it along. As I've been mentioning, you know, we were actually talking with um, Steve uh, last week. Um, I think one thing I'd like for us to do, um, hopefully, you know, starting next year. I want, I want to hear people's testimonies. I'm going to ask some people to uh, give their testimony um, in service. You know, it'll be, some of you do, I know some of you have yours down to a science, and that's great. That's, that's awesome that you know what it is, you're ready to give it out. You know, some, I mean, some of you all have actually passed it along to me. Oh, you, you want my testimony? Here it is. I've already got it written down. I've got it typed out. But you know what? Um, you need to be able to have that fresh. We need to practice that so that we can give it out to others. And let me, let me tell you something. You can vary it, not vary the facts, but you can, you can take that testimony and you can, and you can apply that to a certain, to someone's situation. When they, they, they come to you and they're struggling with, um, they're struggling with loneliness, 
Well, you know what? Part of my testimony is I was lonely. They're struggling with depression. Part of my testimony is I was depressed. You know, you, you, can, you can put that part of your testimony and, and help someone else who is struggling in that area and bring them along. Okay? We need to pass down these things to the next generation, which means we cannot keep silent. If we can't do it in here, we're not going to do it out there. That's just how it works. This, this needs to be a laboratory, okay, where we can come in and we can, we can share our testimony. Or, you know what, we can, we can practice the spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gifts, they, they get usually what happens, okay, God can do whatever he wants to and he can take somebody from zero to a hundred like that. But usually it's just like a, a talent that you have, you know, it, I've never met someone who could go out to the golf course and take one of those big old long sticks with a little thing on the end and hit the ball 250 yards going straight on their first try. Never seen it happen. But after they, they practice and do it, you know, hitting three, four hundred balls a day for five, six, seven months, then all of a sudden things, they can rep replicate it and they can get that ball to go straight. They can get it to go where they want to. They can get it to curve left. They can get it to curve right. They can go low. They can make it go high. They can weave it through the trees. Why? Because they practice. This needs to be a place where you practice your spiritual gifts. It may start out low. It might do, you know, sometimes you might go, I'm not sure how to, that's okay, practice. So that we can practice here and take it out here. And the people out here will not be the generation that says, I never knew God. I never knew Him. It's our job to make sure that they've heard. Now they, they have a choice to make. But if they don't ever hear, they don't even have the opportunity to make the choice. It's our job to make sure that they hear. Amen. So how? So looking at the prophet like Moses, right? God has saved us for a purpose. He saved us for a purpose. He saved us to take us out of where we were, right? Bring us into his promised land, out of slavery, of, into sin, and into service of the king. And he's done it for a purpose. And that purpose is ultimately so that we can take all of the stuff in our life, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's ugly, whether it is, it, and use that for our testimony so that the next generation out there will hear and that they'll at least have the opportunity. And we're praying that it's more than just an opportunity, that praying that they will say absolutely yes, but we want to make sure this next generation is not like the one in Judges that doesn't know God. Amen. It's up to us. And I believe we can do it. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for entrusting us with your word. That is a very... Um, that's a lot of trust. 
say, I, I want you to hold on to this and make sure the next generation knows. Lord, help us to be... Lord, help us to be... Um, uh, solid with that trust. Lord, let us hold it dear. Let us... Um, let us do right with it. And Lord, we pray that you will um, give us opportunities to speak to others. Lord, pray that you will open eyes and open ears that they might hear from you. Lord, and use all of the stuff in our lives, whatever stuff that might be, use that for your glory and for your purpose. Help us to be ready to give that out. And Lord, you use us with signs and wonders just to show that you're still the prophet like Moses and that you still heal and save and deliver with signs and wonders. Use us to do that, Lord, because we are your hands and feet extended. In Jesus' name, amen.